Do you smell what the rock is cooking? podcast oh you're choking down your popcorn (laughs) (laughs) bitch cut a promo just i'll let you get it out and then we can continue on with the podcast this motherfucker (laughs) i come downstairs to write my notes and he's upstairs with his daughter and he's just like let's eat popcorn and not share any with aaron and try and keep it a secret Bitch, I have a better sense of smell than you. I could smell it from down here. And it's an, a heightened sense of smell because I am pregnant. Motherfucker. You little bitch. <laughs> New rule. If the wife is home, offer to share. You good, bro? Get it all out? Oh, believe me, it'll probably come out all through the episode. <laughs> Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. Bitches in the doghouse. <laughs> Good thing I go to bed earlier than you do. Uh, episode 46, season three, episode one of Tree Hill. It is like you, like a carcinist Oakley. And holy shit, it's about as deep cut as it is going to get for the world of wrestling. That's what we do at Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. We what? What? Fuck off. We fuck off forever? (laughs) (laughs) This is what we just do. We fuck off. Just telling you specifically right now. Fair enough. Uh, She's going to hold a grudge. Like Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah, but. Am I an evil American who ate your popcorn? I what? Am I an evil American that ate your popcorn? Am I a, a gutless hyena? Fuck Bret Hart. (laughs) Yes, it's a deep cut. Like you, like a Carsonist Oakley. And yes, we amalgamate. That's what we do here on this podcast. We amalgamate the worlds of One Tree Hill and the wonderful world of World Wrestling Federtainment. And we are taking a look, a little gander ski over here at the August 4th. 1997 episode of monday night raw so thank you all for following loving liking subscribing commenting and doing all the things on social media at treehillwf.podcast on the tiktok and instagrams you can also follow us on all streaming services and listen in on what spotify apple podcast google podcast and iHeartRadio. what <laughs> I'm about to get my head ripped off. August 4th, 1997. We, for odd numbers, we start with One Tree Hill, bro. Isn't it 46? I do it based on the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I do it based on, like, the One Tree Hill episode, dude. (laughs) Okay. But, uh, yeah, this is episode 46, brother. 
Oh fuck! So now every <laughs> every even number One Tree Hill episode, we're doing One Tree Hills first per season, but we're doing overall episodes. This is episode forty six. Way to confuse me! How is that confusion, dude? This is the way we've always done. And literally, the last episode we started with One Tree Hill. Yeah. So we start with wrestling on this one. I do it based on I'll get out of One here. Tree Hill. But there was 23 episodes <laughs> in season two. I know. That's not how this works. This is not the format, brother. <laughs> now, I know you're in your magical, wonderful land of, you know, I do it by per season, but I'm in the real world where we do it by per episode overall because it just makes more sense. And we've even said on the podcast many of time, odd numbers are for Tree Hill. Even numbers are for wrestling. <laughs> I'm. I was looking at it for the One Tree Hill like season and like episode. Yeah, no, over like episode, episode one. And the only way, the reason why it worked out for season one into season two is because there's 22 episodes in season one, but there's 23. There's an now extra one in me. season two. Just. We will release this as episode 46. <laughs> okay. That is an even number. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Why, why? The confusion. The confusion, brother. Okay, well, at least we can get this fucking train wreck out of the way. Yeah, this episode was chock full of wrestlers that you absolutely adore and love. I literally, like, there was only one thing in this fucking episode, like, for the wrestling side, one part that saved it. That was it. Only one. Yes. Because fuck off, Bret Hart, first of all. <laughs> fuck right off. Just like you right now. Fuck right <laughs> off. What is it? You're acting like Bret at your popcorn or something. Jeez. Uh, yeah, he might as well have. <laughs> he was upstairs with you guys eating, yeah, popcorn, eating popcorn and leaving me out. <laughs> Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We are at the uh, first Raw post SummerSlam. And you will very gladly know that we have a new World Wrestling Federation champion. I am not glad. <laughs> this bitch can fuck right off. Oh, man, you're bringing the heat tonight. Uh, Bret Hart is the new World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. Blech. The best Disgusting. there is. Annoying. The best there was. Shut the fuck up, Bret. And the best there ever will be. He's the worst. And you know it. Bret, the hitman Hardy is out here. And he's the champ <sighs> for the fifth time. And uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, we'll see how long that lasts. We will see how long that lasts. Bitch. Um, what the fuck does that mean? You will find out in due time, brother. <sighs> so, Brett likes to talk about how uh, Shawn Michaels favored The Undertaker over him in this match, which I would not say is true. Brett says a lot of things that are true. There's a lot of truth to his words, but this is not true. I feel that Shawn Michaels actually did quite the job of being impartial at that SummerSlam main event. Yes, he did a great job of that because we could see him getting on Undertaker. We could see him getting on Brett, yep. like pretty equally. Sure. Yeah, at the end, like <laughs> Brett should not have spat in his face. Should not have spat in his face, but it is up to Sean to not lose his composure and try to hit him with a chair. But 
but okay here's the thing sean is not a professional referee i don't think professional referees are professional that's true but like he's not paid as a referee like that's not what he is he's a wrestler yep so your sworn enemy Spits fucking in spits in your face like full-blown like loogies and shit yeah, like get the one, fuck out of here like i dude i would have snapped too fair enough i would have snapped too in the fit of rage he made the worst possible mistake he could and accidentally hit the undertaker cost him the world title okay kayfabe brother <laughs> he cost him the fucking world title and now the fucking fans are on Shawn Michaels about this because they're basically pinning it all on him that Undertaker lost his title. Which, if it wasn't for that, Undertaker might have won that match. <laughs> what? What? It was predetermined that Brett was going to win the match. Oh, my God. And it was also predetermined that fucking uh, Dan Scott got blown up in a fucking fire, but... The cafe brother. <sighs> it's just so funny how like, I don't know. I just. They're television shows, both of them played by actors. I know. It's just so funny how like so many people are like wrestling's real. <laughs> Still real to me, damn it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is. Oh uh, my I'll have god! To show you the video as well. Um, I be- I think I've seen it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Typical neckbeard still thinks wrestling is real. Uh, yeah, I've never believed it for a second. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, even when I was a kid, I knew there was uh, definitely uh, something off about it. But that's the thing: is that it is a performance, it is a television show, and you appreciate it for what it is, much like a movie or a television show. That have real actors and real storylines. But at the next pay-per-view, it is ground zero in September. And it's going to be Brett defending his title. So you got the big feud now, which is going to be Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. That's going to be at the top of the card. Although Brett's the champ and is not at the top of the card. And he's defending his title against the Patriot. Which this dude's been around for two fucking nights. Two weeks, yeah. Barely, literally two nights. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And like, here he is, and he's fuck? got a world title match. Albeit, he did beat Bret Hart in a match. And I do understand it's Team Canada basically versus uh, the American, like the Patriot. Yeah. Sure, I get that angle, but mm-hmm. like, honestly, it would make more sense if this guy would had been around a little bit longer. Sure, like give it a few to. more weeks rather than literally fucking two. As opposed to yeah, just being thrown in there, and now you beat Bret Hart. Tainted victory, albeit, but you beat Bret Hart, and now you get the world title match at a pay-per-view, which some other guys have been around for a very long time have never had a world title match at pay-per-view, let alone be on pay-per-view at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't really think he deserves it. Yes and no, but either way, it's going to happen. You know, there's not a snowball's chance in hell that the Patriot wins the world title at this paper. Does he? Oh, Could you imagine? I will say, this guy is, you know, weird. Yeah. He's new. I don't really, like, Del he's just. Wilkes. 
But he's got a nice body. He does. Del Wills. He's got a nice body. Yeah, he's pretty ripped, man. I will definitely compliment him on that. Yes, he's putting putting in some work in the gym. Yes. But uh, you know who else uh, puts some work in the gym is Brian Pillman. And uh, the Heart Foundation, they don't wear dresses. so that... Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently they don't wear dresses. And also, again, much like SummerSlam, where the fuck is the Anvil? Where's Neidhart? Like, there's only four of them right now. He's probably fucking coked up as hell somewhere, lying in a gutter. Somewhere. I would assume so. <sighs> but for some reason, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, bro, your neck was broken. Literally like... broke his neck 24 hours prior. What the fuck? And he's out here again. Like, what the fuck? And not wearing doing? the neck brace. And he's like, I ain't wearing this fucking piece of garbage. And it's like... You just broke your fucking neck, dude. Now you're not going to be able to wrestle for who knows how long. It's a Jesus. really unfortunate situation, but you know that Austin is so stubborn <sighs> that he's not he's going to go against doctor's orders. He'd be like, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. When you you know full well he is not. Yeah, because uh, weird chin dude. Um, <laughs> weird chin dude. Yeah. Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, he's got a weird chin. He, <laughs> he talked. Protruding. He talked to the doctor. Yes, he did. And was like, absolutely under no circumstances, no wrestling yeah. tonight or for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but yeah. So fucking Sergeant Slaughter comes out, and last week when they announced that there'd be a new commissioner of uh, WWF. Uh, now that uh, your grandpa is no longer a part of things, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, Grandpa Cosker is not going to be in charge anymore. And it's going to be Sergeant Slaughter, former world champion Sergeant Slaughter, former WrestleMania main eventer versus Hulk Hogan Sergeant Slaughter. He's got a weird chin. And he's got a protruding chin. Yes, he does. But uh, yeah, and uh, it's kind of a perfect foil to Bret Hart because A, he's in charge and he could make Bret and the Hart Foundation do things they don't want to do. <laughs> so you'll, you'll like Slaughter for that. And and over this whole show, he was pretty on top of things. Oh, yeah. He was like really like laying down the law. It was. Which, you know, we didn't really get that much with Grandpa Costa. Yeah, he just wasn't around Papa enough Coster. to really do much about anything. Maybe he tried a few occasional times, times but, but nothing much. He'd fall asleep on the job. <laughs> Basically, but slaughter means business. And he's a former American hero. He used to be in the G.I. Joe cartoon show. Mm. And he's like the big American, like army drill sergeant kind of guy. That's That was his gimmick, Sergeant Slaughter. All American, yeah. Team America, World Police, Team USA guy. And Slaughter, although he did turn Iraqi sympathizer in the early 90s, that's why he had a match against Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania because he turned his back on America, much like Bret Hart did. But now he's back on America's side. I guess he's not an Iraqi sympathizer anymore. Oh, God. And uh, he's in charge now. And uh, all the while, there is Bomb Canada signs in the audience. But Stone Cold comes out and uh you know he's unfortunately a crippled freak as owen likes to put it well and, and he's insisting he's wrestling tonight yeah and owen's like you're a crippled freak like i broke your freaking neck uh i beat myself 
you know, if it wasn't for my stupidity and me actually showing some mercy on you after your broken neck, I wouldn't have lost that match. And Austin somehow, with the saddest roll-up in wrestling history, wins the Intercontinental title. But he is worse for the wear tonight and probably not going to be able to have this match against Owen as much as he wants to. Stone Cold. (laughs) And we move on to... (laughs) I guess you could take the boy out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the boy. It's Ahmed Johnson with the Nation of Domination with the backstage promo because there's about to be a match here between Kama Mustafa and Four Leaf Clover. Oh, he's lame as fuck. Shamrock? Four Leaf Clover is yeah. lame as fuck. <laughs> why is he so lame? I just I just don't get like why people love this guy so much. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know. He's just he's lame to me. Fair he enough. doesn't he doesn't impress me. He doesn't get me excited for his shit. Like I'm just like Yeah, charisma wise he's, he's pretty lame. But I don't know, people at this point in time, people kinda liked him because he was different. Like, you know, he did things differently. He was unique to wrestling. You didn't really see like a UFC. I know you don't like UFC at all. I hate UFC. Uh, but it was something different that no one really saw back then. I like, hate and, UFC more than football. Oh wow. Damn, dude. That's saying something. I don't like football at all. (laughs) Really? I think it's lame. (laughs) Oh, you pissed off a lot of our fans. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I prefer hockey. I'm a hockey girl. Fair enough. I'll take that. But, uh, yeah, no, and this match was a nothing match. Uh, Again, it was punch, kick, punch, kick, punch, kick. That's all it was. Yeah, it was really stupid. Then we get fucking, uh, you know, Bariquas, Los Bariquas. Uh, They interfered in this match, too, (laughs) much like they do in every single nation or DOA match. And uh, Shamrock ended up winning with the belly to belly. But more importantly, Brockus. Brockus is coming. I, yeah. <laughs> it's Brockus. I don't understand the hype on From this. From Germany. It's Brockus. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> it's Brockus. Uh, next match, we have the first ever meeting between my boy, some Japanese dude. He's not just some Japanese dude. He's Taka Michinoku, bro. Michinoku pro, Michinoku bro. And he's up against the sexiest Pervy man King's alive. Son. The sexiest man the in the world. The most annoying laugh on <laughs> earth. Brian Christopher. This guy's the worst. Do you need me to do the laugh? No, you? don't you fucking dare. <laughs> You're already in hot water as it is. <laughs> Okay, I won't do the laugh yet. Uh, No. And and to make matters even worse for you, Sonny is uh, ring announcing for this match as well, too. Oh, this bitch. Fuck. Yeah, like, this whole, like, episode. Yeah, triggering. It pissed me off so much. Until later. Yes. It did have a redeeming quality. Yes. Yes. But, like, it took a lot to get there. Fair enough. Like, this was almost getting into the negatives Ooh. this episode. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. Lots of lots of triggering moments for Miss Cosker. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, but take that all away. Watch Taka in the ring. He's no fucking joke. I mean, he, that guy can jump straight up to the top rope, and he's, like, fucking four foot two. <laughs> he's got hella athleticism. Four foot two. He's not that short. 
I was going to say, he looks taller than me. <laughs> that's for sure. It's and called, I'm five foot three. It's called so. hyperbole, brother. And we speak in absolutes in wrestling. This is the greatest match of all time. This is the greatest moment of all time. This is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And then next week, they'll say the exact same thing. Because that's what we do in wrestling. We speak in Literally, absolutes. Literally, every time you're watching wrestling, like current day wrestling, it's always, this is the best of all time. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> how many like i should have a counter how of how many times it? i have heard that phrase did you know while wrestling is on you know the funniest thing the funniest thing about that is is that uh in 2020 when the world exploded uh <laughs> they, we had covid wrestling so obviously no fans no nothing just two wrestlers in a fucking warehouse doing their thing just for people on television and uh, we had a pay-per-view backlash where we had Randy Orton versus Edge in a greatest match ever match. Literally, they build the match as the greatest match of all time. Sounds very WWE of them. Very WWE. And although it is not the greatest match I've ever seen in my life, it's pretty damn good. But how do you live up to a match literally billed as the greatest match ever? Just weird. It's very WWE. You're quite right about that. Uh, but yeah, Taka ends up uh, snaking a quick win over Brian Christopher with a nice little small package, or as I like to call it, a Paul smack. Yeah, and then fucking Pervy King's son was a whiny little bitch about it, yeah. and Pervy King was a whiny bitch about it. Of course, absolutely going to be whiny bitches fucking about annoying. losing to some short Japanese guy. They're not going to be too impressed with that. Uh, Slaughter's making Bret Hart defend the title against the Patriot. Slaughter is making Owen have a match later. Slaughter is making Bulldog one day defend his European title again against Ken Shamrock. And Slaughter's also not taking no for an answer when it comes to Brian Pillman having to wear a dress tonight. So he says now that Boston Pizza needs to wear this dress Every single night yeah. that there's like, you know, they're uh-huh. going to be on TV. Until he wins. Until he wins a match. <laughs> so he's like got the challenge on. Yeah. And I like that he's challenging it that like, no, this is an ongoing thing until you fucking win. Yeah. Get a w. And I won't take no for or an answer. Wow. Like this is basically your work uniform. <laughs> <laughs> this is your scrubs. And I am all for this it. This is your scrubs, bro. Because it's so funny. Slaughter is not fucking fooling around with the Hart Foundation, man. He doesn't take too kindly to the anti-American establishment, although he was an anti-American in his career at one point. (laughs) But uh, that's not withstanding anymore. But yes, Pellman, Boston Pizza. Also, speaking of Boston Pizza, they did their soft opening in Hope, and then they couldn't do their grand opening because they don't have proper permits. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so it's still not open. I know. Or they have to reclose it after a soft opening. It's pretty funny. Yeah, what the fuck, eh? Apparently, you know oh, how we're bro. getting wings in Chilliwack? I drove by it today. I think it was open. Jazz said that his like uncle or someone yeah. owns it or whatever. Really? He, someone he knows owns it. Okay. And that it's not gonna like be officially open till like June. What? And I was like, that's bullshit. It's literally up. The signs are up. I swear I saw the open sign tonight. And there was lots of cars in the parking lot too. Hmm. Hmm. For anybody not living in Chile, you have absolutely no fucking clue what we're talking about. 
one of our uh, pubs closed down a while ago and they're putting a wings in there and it's really exciting because right now if we wanted to go and have wings we would have to go to abbotsford yeah who wants to go for abbotsford wings i mean we've done it once well we've done it lots of times but uh well we did it once after i was off work which was nice you and your daughter picked me up from work and then we went to wings i was pregnant at the time again (laughs) (laughs) with our first yes but uh yeah closest wings to us is abbotsford and i want to drive 30 minutes for wings so wings are in town now which is much better yeah, I got a I got fact check jazz on that shit. Yeah, I don't know, man. It looked pretty fucking open to me. <laughs> I've been waiting impatiently for it to open. Same. It better be yes. fucking open. Yes. Now you it? can repay me for the popcorn incident. <laughs> the Take pop- me for wings. <laughs> it's the episode, the popcorn incident. You know what the <laughs> hilarious wrestling popcorn incident was? What? Is that uh, do love had a match with Owen Hart. and not You the mean same. hippie mankind? Hippie mankind. And not on this Raw, but on a house show. Hippie mankind had a match with Cutie Patootie Owen Hart. And... Uh, Mick was on the apron with his back turned to Owen, okay? Uh-huh. And then um, <laughs> I guess like a bag of popcorn got thrown in the ring or they, they took a bag of popcorn into the ring and Owen hit dude in the back with the bag of popcorn. And obviously a bag of popcorn, probably not going to hurt very much. No. But anyways, he hit him with it and dude sold it like death. Like dude, like, dude went down and he's like hurting. Oh my god, hurting bad. That was you. And that was my fuck. That, that was your fault. My fucking phone before this recording. You are fucking up tonight. How am I doing tonight, brother? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, apparently bags of popcorn are worse than chair shots. Next match we have Hunter Hurst Helmsley Diz Prince telling. His opponent, he needs Jenny Craig once again. <laughs> not so Darth Vader. This Prince, Triple H up against Vader, or not so Darth Vader. Who is in tow with Triple H as per usual? Oh, we all know this answer. China. 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 People think I don't like China. I love China. 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 Is the new China, by the way. China. 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 I deal with China. 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 Big league China. So don't tell me about China. I know China. China. And by the way, I love China. I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. 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 Oh, yes. China is in tow, but also in tow for Vader. Fuck off. Yes. Vader. My Vader. Paul. This guy needs to just die already, please. Eventually. In real life and in character. <laughs> or like break his jaw so he can't talk. Mm. Could could be a possibility as well. I mean, yeah. But he goes on to tell China that he's more of a man than she will ever be. Which is, <laughs> is, which is actually a true statement. He is a man and she is not. Yeah, but she's more manly than he'll ever be. Oh, yeah, for sure. But for an actual context of an actual man, yeah, <laughs> he he is a man and she's not. Uh, yeah, I know. But 
I hate this motherfucker, so. Well, you hate him so much that you love China now so much because she ends up drop kicking Paul Bear. And he rolls like a bowling ball. He literally rolls like a bowling ball every time he goes down, which is so fucking. fucking, Oh my God. It's so funny. Like down the lane, like hook shot, knocks down the 10 pins, the whole fucking nine yards. This fucking cat's just breaking everything up here. Like, she's so loud. She's so loud. (laughs) And she's like, so when I was pregnant with Flynn, she was obsessed with, like, being on me all the time. And now, finally, after 30 weeks, she's like, Mom, you're my favorite. Yep. Took Uh, long enough. Well, I think this time she kind of, like, is aware of what's happening and she's like, you're bringing another demon into this house. Basically. You know, she's coming to grips with it, maybe, because this demon is beating the shit out of you on a daily basis. <laughs> Legit. like. I guess so. Uh, post-drop kick, Vader goes out, and it looks like China wants to fucking square up Skoden with fucking Vader. Mm-hmm. Who do you think wins in a fight between Vader oh, and China? China. You honestly think China would take down Vader? Yeah. Even though he's like three times her fucking size. <laughs> you think she could body slam him? I bet she could. Oh, yeah. I bet she She's lifted could. him before, hasn't she? Not Vader, no. Oh. No. Other guys. Flash Funk, Bart Gun, Mankind. Yeah. Pretty strong. She's pretty fucking strong, dude. Absolutely. But in all the, I could never. All In all the kerfuffle... Uh, both guys get counted out. <laughs> so I know we have a double was, count out finish. That was so quick. Too. Yeah, it was very quick. But not as quick as this next match. We got fucking uh, Vidanka Donk, the Sultan, and he's up against the Patriot. So Ugh. they're trying to get the Patriot, I guess, a big win before his eventual pay-per-view ground zero match. Because they Hart. have to make it seem like this guy is worth it. And he's strong. Yeah. He looks good going into the pay-per-view whole thing. And yeah, he beats the Sultan within an inch of his life and wins with a full Nelson slam. But then fucking Sergeant Slaughter's out again. And uh, he's he's making sure Owen and Bulldog don't interfere on behalf of Brett when Brett comes down to the ring again. And when Brett gets to the bottom of the ramp, he realizes that his fucking brothers-in-law and brother are not, are with, not him. with him. Slaughter took care of them, and he's by himself. And then when he realizes, he turns his back, and Patriot, like the cowardly, gutless hyena that he is, jumps Brett Hart Canadian hero from behind. That's what he does. Okay, but the thing is, the gutless American hang the the fuck on. (laughs) So, guaranteed, Brett and his brother-in-law and brother, like whatever, they would have jumped him three on one. But they didn't. So this was one on one. Yeah. Yeah, he was jumped, he jumped, but he they would have jumped Patriot. Could have, would have, should have. It didn't happen. And Patriot was the cowardly American who jumped the Canadian hero in this instance. You know what? <laughs> I stand by my statement that they would have done the same shit, just three on one. Because they're like, oh, there's three of us. What's he going to do? Yeah. Because yeah. they're fucking assholes. <laughs> Just call Tassel Boots an asshole. 
I love tassel boots, but we're still fighting. Yeah, you've been fighting for a while now. I know. Like, we're talking like months. I don't know if we're going to recover. I don't think you are going to recover. Oh. You might have to turn your <sighs> attentions to someone else soon. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Just might. Might have to. I mean, I had Thonginator, but. You had Thonginator. He's also betrayed me right now. Yes, he has. Uh, yeah, Patriot jumps bread. He's a gutless hyena. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> so, Shawn Michaels, he wants to explain himself. So, he's up next. Mm-hmm. And I usually go into my whole, you know, throat shredder Vince routine of how he's the most flamboyant, charismatic, Mr. WrestleMania, mm-hmm. showstopper, icon. Mm-hmm. He's the man. He's Shawn Michaels. And yeah, I would go into my throat shredder Vince routine about uh, Shawn Michaels coming out for a Vince interview. But I like to match Vince's energy. So he's the most flamboyant and the most controversial Shawn Michaels. Yeah, he was a little. He was very subdued with this intro. Yeah. I think he was a little PO'd about what he did at SummerSlam. <sighs> because the the guy who Vince jerseyed a couple weeks on Raw, Bret Hart, <laughs> uh, is now world champion, and it's because of Shawn Michaels. It is because of Shawn Michaels. If he did not do that, odds are Shawn, Bret Hart would not be champion. Quotations. Enough with the predeterminations. This is a kayfabe podcast. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. Get over it. That's the way the story is, and that's what we're going to go with. But guess what? I feel that Sean did a great job as a ref until the very end. I thought so, too. Until literally the last 30 seconds of the match, he did a great job. But now... And again, you can't blame a guy who is a professional wrestler for for reacting while he's being a referee to his sworn enemy for spitting a fucking loogie in his face. Sure. And now it seems like, because the reaction for Sean here is not good. Like, this is America, brother, and they're booing Shawn Michaels for what he did. So he's starting to just be like, you know what? Yeah, they held all the interviews with the fucking weirdo wrestling fans. Yeah, and they're all pissed off at Shawn Michaels. They're so pissed off, and it's like... Oh, my God. You guys are so believing that this shit, like, you're all virgins, and you're so (laughs) believing that this shit is so fucking real. They appreciate the story for what it is, but, yes, uh, they're all virgins, and probably a lot of them do think it's real. Uh, But this is post-Kurt Call, so, you know, we're a little more wise to the business at this point. Uh, But Sean's starting to not give a damn, because I feel that uh, much like uh, Brett's, so-called heel turn uh the fans are turning on him he's not turning on the fans much like sean michaels here i feel the fans are turning on sean not so much of sean turning on the fans Mm -hmm. and so he he basically says i don't give a damn about any of you anymore and the fact that anyone would bring up the the possibility of brett and sean being in cahoots and him (laughs) purposely doing that so brett would win the title he even says to Vince that 
I knew you were a Nimrod before, but you are the dumbest son of a bitch I've ever met in my life. He literally called his boss a dumb son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm not saying anything. (laughs) That's what he did. That's what Mm -hmm. he fucking did. So Vince is getting in his face a little bit and saying, well, guess what? You're going to have to pay the piper because now you have a match at Crown Zero and it's the main event and it's against The Undertaker. Let's see how you fucking like this one, buddy. Holy shit. Who do you got? Undertaker or Shawn Michaels? Ooh. And do you also believe that this is the first time these two guys are ever having a singles match on television against each other? So weird. Ever. Shawn Michaels has been with the company since 88, 87, 88. Mm-hmm. And Undertaker's been there since 1990. And in all that the year time, I was born, Undertaker debuted Fuck. nine months after you were born in WWE. November of 1990, he debuted. Yeah. Nine months after it would have been in December. Around there. Your math is off, bro. Late November. Mr. I'm so good at math. Well, seven times five. Fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> Stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> Who's Asian here? You are, and you fucked up some math. <laughs> some pretty simple math, too, oh, bro. Just, I forgot when your birthday was. <laughs> As if I am in the doghouse. First, the popcorn <laughs> instrument. <laughs> and now this? It's April 22nd. Oh, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> You owe me some fucking wings. <laughs> oh, we'll go for wings. I'll gladly treat you to wings, baby. <laughs> Just to get myself out of the doghouse. Uh, <laughs> Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, you got, bro. <sighs> it's tough. You gotta pick, man. You gotta it's do tough. it. tough. Mm, I'm a fan of both. But HBK just had a heel turn. I know. Yeah. But Undertaker's Undertaker. I know. I love Undertaker. Yeah. He's pretty badass. Yeah, he is. He's like, yeah. But Shawn Michaels is pretty awesome too. Is there ever like an emo AF wrestler? An emo AF wrestler? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like not counting headbangers. Yeah, they're more like metalheads though. Yeah. You know? I mean, they would constitute that. They, yeah, more metalheads, but no, there isn't really like a not none that I can think of right now. Like their actual gimmick was like I'm emo and I like pop punk. And actually, actually, you might like Jeff Hardy. You might like Jeff Hardy because a <sighs> he's really good looking. B he he's an absolute daredevil. He's crazy and does the craziest shit. And and C. He does tend to like that kind of music. And he is also in a band, and he's a singer, too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'll regale you. And we've seen Jeff Hardy before uh, because uh, he's had some smaller matches on Raws because he was just kind of a job guy at this point in his career. And it wasn't until a couple years later where he actually started gaining some popularity. Isn't his brother... Matt Hardy? Gothic Baby's dad. I love how you know Matt Hardy as Gothic Babies, <laughs> not you know the, the the leader of the deletion revolution, broken, woken Matt Hardy. Delete, delete. Oh my god! And actually, Jeff Hardy is also Brother Nero, 
Oh my I'd god. That's what you wanted to name my car when I had the Nero. <laughs> yes. And then I was like, no, we're naming it Robert De Niro. Yeah, which is equally, if not greater, than Brother Nero. So I was totally okay with that. But yes, the possible emo wrestler, Jeff Hardy, is Brother Nero. That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll uh, educate you a little bit in the coming okay. months. Also, Kate's alive. Oh my God, this guy needs to shut the fuck up. He's coming. Kate's coming. (sighs) He's coming on your face, Undertaker. Ew. (laughs) Hope not. Uh, That would definitely not be a PG show. Uh, But notice this as Undertaker is making his exit. He leaves, and usually it's like purple lights, blue lights, darkness. There was red lights this time. Why red? I don't know. Red lights. Yeah, I thought that was odd. Wonder why. I know why. You don't. Stone Cold cannot <sighs> wrestle tonight. That's quite obvious. But you know who can wrestle? It's fucking Ahmed Johnson. And <clears throat> And uh, he's got a match here with Chains. Or the Underfaker, as we know and love Or the PP t- one of the PP Touch Boys. <laughs> the PP Touch Boys. Uh, I was thinking about this in the car the other day when I was driving home. And you know how I call DOA the Sons of Anarchy or the Not-So-Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. You know what they are? They're the SSOA, the Stepsons of Anarchy. They're not the sons of anarchy. They're the stepsons of anarchy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so not quite sons. They're not actual family. They're just stepsons because <laughs> they're lame as fuck. They're not like the sons of anarchy. They're the stepsons of anarchy. Yeah, I'm so over these guys and the other ones. Like, Lost Breakless. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, why? Go away, please. Yeah, We're so. already dealing with enough. Yeah. We don't need this bullshit. We need bullshit. faction warfare on top of everything. Gang rules with a Z, brother. Ugh. ZZ top. YYZ. Uh, Ahmed's got this match against Chains, uh, mm. the Underfaker. And for some reason, Ahmed pulls out two Takamichinoku drivers in this match <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. I actually heard in an interview with D'Lo Brown one day saying that. Ahmed wanted to do this. Just do the Michinoku driver. And it's just like, Taka's literally on the show. Why would you jack his move on the same show? And he did it twice. Uh, uh, Another reason why uh, Ahmed was not exactly well-liked backstage. But Los Pericos do come out, distract Underfaker, and uh, Ahmed wins with the Pearl River a plunge. The mm-hmm. PRP and the one, two, three nation come down. And what happens? Okay, but first we have to mention something. Yeah. So, you know, the Nation remix that you did? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I can't believe you forgot this. I I can't even believe I didn't even write this down in my notes. So, Sean, (laughs) a few weeks ago, did a Nation remix. Okay. We are the Nation of Domination. We are 
So yeah, I timed the shit pretty well here. Like I felt like my remix probably better than WWE's version. It's so funny though because all of a sudden, like we're watching this, and all of a sudden it starts playing, and I was like, "What the fuck? Like did I time travel for this? Like <laughs> what is happening?" And then I realized there are some subtle differences. Yeah, but like it was the same idea. Absolutely, yeah. That's the thing is that I didn't even realize they did this because a. I've watched this episode of Raw once when it first happened in fucking August of 97. So I was eight years old. I'm going to remember one random Raw with one random match with one random theme song. I don't know. Eight years old. Yeah, I probably would. You remember some weird ass (laughs) shit. I probably would. Like, uh, I remember the fact that at WrestleMania 10 post match between Owen and Bret Hart, that Owen had a little bit of spit on the side of his lip. Totally remember that. Don't know why, but I do. Uh, Weirdo. (laughs) Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, it's one of those things where I don't think I would ever remember this. And I didn't. And I realized when we watched this episode that, yeah, uh, they actually did the Ahmed Nation remix. But it wasn't as good as my version. Because I add in some more nations, some more nations of dominations. And I also time it and sync it much better than WWE do. So, Jim Johnston, I know you don't work for the company anymore. But I should be taking your job so I can do it better than you. Oh, those fighting words. And I also just take back every single word I just said about Jim Johnson because he is the GOAT when it comes to wrestling theme songs. (laughs) I could not do his job. I'm just saying maybe I could could just do this remix a little bit better because I added a couple more theme songs and timed it out better. But uh, Jim Johnson's the, he's the GOAT. He's sucking up now. I I have to suck up. Jim Johnson's the fucking man. (laughs) He's the best, man. All these songs that you know and love, all these fucking bangers, it's because of Jim Johnston. Mm. He wrote them all. Most of them, anyway. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the Nation, they accepted Ahmed for a couple months and probably only about three episodes of television. Yeah. Three or four, maybe five tops. And they kick him out. <laughs> they Motherfucking they backstabbers. But you know what? Ahmed. I could see that happening because of the way that he joined them. Yeah. It did not make sense. It really did not. It make did sense. not make sense. Yeah. So I like in my mind, I was like, there's some fuckery going on here. Sure. They're going to try and fuck something up. Right. I yeah. should have said that like earlier on. <laughs> Think about this whole, you know, he joins the nation. He gets kicked out of the nation. After like... Fucking loser face is his mortal enemy. Yeah, Farouk. Uh, it's it, it's very weird this whole thing, and I feel like they turned him just because they felt like they could make a really big heel to go after the Undertaker when they were gonna have their big match. But then he got injured, and he's a pill backstage, and they realized that they kind of fucked up with it and just went back to basics and turned him back to being a baby face because he was getting baby face reactions and very big ones as a face. Yeah. And so now they realize their error of their ways. And also he, as, as much as he could have fit in that group, I don't think he was a fit for that group. He's more of a singles wrestler than anything. Well, that's the thing. He sh- like, he shined on his own. He did. He did so good on his own. Doesn't need the nation. These guys were his enemies and he did so good. Like, and then all of a sudden he's a part of them and it's like why and not only that too his promos are like Don't the fans turn their back on me the fans never fucking turn their back no, on him no he turned he his turned back on them 
So it's like Shawn Michaels, the fans turned on them. Bret Hart, the fans turned on him. Fucking Ahmed turned on the fans for literally no reason. Yep. It didn't make any sense. <sighs> so I guess all's right in the world again because Ahmed and the nation are at odds again. But unfortunately, he's been injured so much and the storyline is so convoluted now that it doesn't really have the same effect that it used to when they were having their matches earlier this year. Yeah. Very unfortunate. And also a very unfortunate Ahmed's career. It's on borrowed time, brother. Don't tell me this shit. It's the way it is, dude. I don't tell you, oh, yeah, this is going to happen in One Tree Hill, just, just an FYI. Saying, it's on borrowed time, brother. Don't and do that shit. I'm just saying don't get too attached and too comfy. No, let not me, gonna be let me get attached. <laughs> but then if he leaves, you're just going to be that much more heartbroken. At least I, I know, but then it's then it. that feels more real. Hmm. Oh, man. It feels more real. Oh. Fading away into oblivion is not something we want to see our favorites do. Uh, another lame tag match with the Godwins against the Headbangers. <laughs> How many of these wrestlers that you hate are on this show? I Hardcore fucks are okay. I like them. They're not like super impressive to me, I'm but fan, I don't hate them. They got great music taste and they only sleep 38 minutes a night. Um, but hillbilly fucks need to just oh go away, please. You're so annoying. Yeah, they're super annoying. And then they win with the slop drop. Gross. Lame. Gross. Bypass. Skip it. Uh, and now we have our match of the night. <laughs> and you know what? There's not very many times. It's not very often that Thurman Sparky Plug, otherwise known as Bob Holly. Uh, is a part of the match of the night. It's not something that usually goes down. But at this point, a match between Boston Pizza, BP Brian Pillman against Thurman Sparky Plug, Bob Holly. This was, this was an awesome it match. It was match of the night. <laughs> and there is a major reason why it was match of the night. Regale us, please, babe. Okay, so Boston <laughs> Pizza stuck to, well, he was forced basically out and it was great because he didn't want to come out but then slaughter threw him out threw him out (laughs) in the the gold dress marlena's gold dress yes golden titties and gold dust and golden titties were at rings i don't watch the whole thing and they were making fun of him the whole time it was hilarious (laughs) and so he's wrestling and he's really trying to pull the dress down and there was a part where like he was laying on his side and you could like there at an angle you could see like and i was like is he wearing a thong (laughs) he's the new thonginator (laughs) and he legit was wearing a thong under this dress and it was a short dress dress. oh my fucking god that was the best thing i've ever seen and he's like (laughs) trying to pull it down and he's trying to adjust himself he's wearing combat boots at the same time i was like addressing combat boots that's totally my style (laughs) but oh my fucking god that was hilarious and he's like he loses yeah probably because he's so distracted and in his head about the fact that he's out there in a dress and a thong on top of it also why is he wearing a thong you knew you had to wear a fucking dress yeah i have no idea bro yeah 
<laughs> and not only that, it's hilarious. Goldust and Golden Titties at fucking ringside. Marlena's holding up a bra yeah. and shit, like just taunting him. And so, of course, he gets pissed off and kind of goes out and goes after him. But all the while, he gets fucking counted out while he's out there getting oh, distracted. Fuck, it was so funny. <laughs> So, as per Sergeant Slaughter's rules, yes, he does not again. continue to next week, not in a dress because he had to win his match to get out of it. Uh-huh. And he has to wear it again <laughs> next week on Raw. Thank you, Thurman Sparky Plug, otherwise known as Bob Holly. And then we get more upskirt shots as he's walking away. I know that was they they're like to trying the to angle shot. like the camera, see <laughs> up his dress, and I what was like, "What a nice touch that was! That was fucking phenomenal!" Yeah, that was that was a great man. They're trying to get the thong shot, and it just goes to show you, like, you can have your fucking five star, fucking flippy floppy, seventeen Canadian destroyers into two fucking uh, shooting star press fucking flip flop and fly and fucking do your crazy spot fest with 17 ladders and 12 table spots but guess what all you need is fucking bob holly and pillman in a fucking dress for five minutes and it's fucking comedy gold and a thong exactly it's all you need in life is brian pillman and a thong in a dress uh main event time don't know if we want to see do love in a dress and a thong no probably not no but either way uh he is the chick magnet he is the man and he is up against cutie patootie owen hart yeah so this is supposed to be the stone cold and cutie patootie match correct but because stone cold can't wrestle why can't he wrestle already broke his fucking he broke his neck and he won the intercontinental title with a broken freaking neck as well so hippie mankind is going in his place yes he is and uh yeah that was nice yeah it was nice you know was also nice bret hart was on commentary i ignored that part (laughs) uh that's pretty funny um he also said uh he said uh owen's pretty strong because he he slammed uh dude love in this match Mm -hmm. but brett said oh he's really strong not as strong as me almost as strong as me but he yeah he's pretty strong but not as strong as me uh (laughs) and funnily enough uh stone cold for some reason runs in again uh well actually brett tries to run in says he has to go tie his shoe (laughs) <laughs> so he gets off Fucker. commentary and interferes. But all during the chaos, Stone Cold, broken neck Stone Cold, he's here. And he takes the slammy and he nails Owen Hart with the fucking slammy, broken neck and all. Puts the slammy back down on the table like a nice guy. And Hippie Mankind gets the one, two, three here. Thank God. It was the match. And then he gets accosted by a couple of groupies post match. And one of these groupies happens to be Mick Foley's real life wife, Colette Foley. Wow. And this is in her wonder year. She was looking pretty good back then. Hmm. Today I don't want to I don't want to say, but uh, she definitely does not look the same anymore. <laughs> oh god. Uh once we're kind of past this arc and you kind of know a little bit more about Mick Foley's career and kind of the shit he does cuz we haven't quite come up to like the super legendary shit he's done. Uh, eventually that will come. But uh, there is a reality show. What? <laughs> kind of like Kardashians? Yeah, it's like Kardashians, but it's Mick Foley and his family. 
Yep. Yep. It's on the WWE Network. Interesting. So we'll have to watch. Um, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, though, unfortunately. Huh. But uh, I, I've, I've watched it. It's very weird. His family is very interesting and weird. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was all right. And uh, he did his comedy tours as well. So a couple of his comedy shows are on uh, WWE Network as well, too. Hmm. So Eddie's, Eddie's super talented, super funny. Uh, but, yeah, that kind of puts the bow on this episode of Monday Night Raw. And, uh, yeah, uh, what's your rating, babe? It's probably not going to be very high. I, I think it definitely gets more points because of Boston Pizza being addressed in a thong. But even after that, what would you give it for a rating? Hmm. Let's put it this way. How many points do you think BP gave this show on his own? A whole point. A whole point. So what's the rating? Like 1.2? <laughs> Uh, 0.9. Wow. So you're going to give it a, oh, wow. <laughs> Good Lord. So you're going to give it a minus 0.1? No. 0.9 is the rating. Okay. It was going to be like minus. 0.1. Minus 9. Minus 9? Or, I don't know math whatever <laughs> so we're in the negative so like I said you're gonna give it a minus 0.1 but you add a point and that's 0.9 you know how math works dude <laughs> <laughs> clearly clearly I not because uh, we're barely on passed grade 10 yeah, math essentials. and I had to go into essentials 11 yeah, essentials math. Essentials of math could barely pass that. <laughs> dude, wow, dude. Shading me because I, I fucked up one month of the year and yet you don't even know that 0.1 is a point, full point behind 0.9. You also fucked up popcorn, so. <laughs> I will make it up to you. I will take you to Wings and Chilliwack. We've decided. <laughs> Good. There you go. Crisis averted. Episode 46, season 3, episode 1. We're on the tree hillside, dude. And we're liking you like an arsonist. <sighs> Deb. So it starts out with like the night prior. Um, or like basically the finale. Yes. Of where nathan is going home like moving home and he's got his bags and deb's like i've been here all night yeah i had something to take i care had of. something to take care of yeah. like all this shit and then Haley's there and uh deb tells her like because she answers the phone and it's about dan and the dealership yeah. and so she's like we have to go and then she tells Haley to come with them yeah surprising move there by deb yeah, because she did not like Haley. But no, no. the thing is, she liked Haley before. And then when the marriage happened, that's when she started to feel. She heel turned on Haley. You know, sure. but now she's like, he, she made Nathan happy. And I mean, she's the one that gave Nathan the money to go and find Haley. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, she's slowly... She's in their corner a bit more. A little bit more now. Yeah, I think so. I think especially because Dan is so not in their corner. Yeah. She's trying to... Go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because she's so not in Dan's corner. So Yeah, very true. Peyton is going through some shit. This is the same night. And she's got everything going on with Ellie, the weird messages. Yep. And she just wants Luke to stay with her the night because she just isn't feeling comfortable. Um, especially in her own home right now. And Lucas says to her that he may have done something tonight that he shouldn't have done. Yep. And he might regret it for the rest of his life. Yes. And so we hear sirens. Yep. And a pos- fire trucks. Mm-hmm. So there's a fire. And we know there's a fire at Dan's dealership. It's engulfed his fucking dealership. You know what that means, dude? Kane is alive, Undertaker Kane's alive. This is the One Tree Hillside. Can I not have to hear that motherfucker? We do have to amalgamate the burning down of a building and the murder, the potential murder of parents. Oh, God. That completely amalgamates with (sighs) the Undertaker, Kane, and Paul Bear. So the dealership's on fire. Dan was inside. And he had been drugged with this alcohol and a white powder on the bottle. Interesting. What do you think that white powder is? If it was cocaine, it could have been Peyton who did it to him. So now we cut to three months later. Karen... Is coming home. Brooke is coming home. Actually, Lucas is at the airport with flowers. And Brooke comes up and she's like thinking that they're for her. Yeah. But in like for Lucas, he's like, she's supposed to arrive tomorrow. He's there for his mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Behind Brooke. (laughs) Literally right behind Brooke. It was so funny. So and then. Lucas goes to see Peyton. Peyton's writing some numbers, like painting some numbers on her wall. And Lucas is going to hang out and talk to her. Sounds like they've been getting close again, maybe. Mm-hmm. And Spent an entire summer together. So she, he's like, Brooke's back. And she's like, oh, awkward. Like, that's not the reaction I would, would think you would give for your yeah, best friend being back in town. Yeah, definitely not. Um, unless maybe you were trying to hide something. Uh-huh. Um, but are Luke and Peyton kind of rekindling maybe? Like I said, they spent an entire summer together. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I love, uh, Dan's itchy amputated back. <laughs> amputated back? Yes. Yeah, you he- mean scarred? Yeah. But no, he had a complete amputation of his back. It's all fucked up. They gave him a new back. The fuck? (laughs) I'm just looking at you like, do you know what amputation even means, bro? I do, yes. (laughs) They gave him a new back. Oh, my God. He's got a robot back now. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I do love Nathan's room uh, because he has a D12 poster. I was a big D12 fan back in the day myself. I was all about fight music, purple pills, and my band. Oh, my God. Yeah, Eminem was in that group, dude. Yeah. Um, so Dan's looking for the signed annulment papers. 
Yes. And he is like searching this room and Deb's even like, dude, leave it alone. Like, why are you going to keep tearing his room apart? Yeah. Nathan's at High Flyers. Mm -hmm. So he's not home right now to like intervene or anything. Because this, again, this is three months later. Yeah. And Dan keeps having these flashbacks <sighs> to the fire and like trying to remember trying things. Trying to piece it together. Yeah. yeah. Like what happened? How did he get out? Because apparently when he, the firefighters and ambulance and everything got there, he was out. Yeah. So interesting. So Brooke is packing up the rest of her stuff at Karen's house and like obviously she had been staying in Lucas's room. So he's there and he's kind of talking to her and you know what's going to happen with them because of the you know what they talked about at the during the season finale three months ago. Yeah. And uh, Brooke says that she wants to be non-exclusive. Yeah. She wants to be friends with Benny's. Yeah. Yeah. Friends with the Benedicts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever been friends with benefits of someone? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Uh-huh. I'm going to name names on this podcast. <laughs> but possibly. Uh-huh. Have you? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm not saying it like possibly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely have. There you go. What do you think of the new Larry? Don't like him. Huh. And I think I don't like uh, new uh, Larry. You like to talk about <laughs> do love is hippie man kind. Brian Pillman's Boston pizza. No, it's not fucking Larry. <laughs> it's okay, Larry. it's not fucking Larry. Okay, it's fucking Duke the Dredger Jose. Okay, and this is a new Dredger. He's off the Dredger boat, but he's not Duke the Dredger Jose. He's a fucking fraud because. Old Dredger was awesome. He was funny. I liked his humor. Karen was into him. He seemed like a nice dude. Whole thing. It was very sweet to Peyton. Entirety. Now you got this new fucking Dredger Josie, and he's fucking lame as shit. He's too serious. He's just, I don't know. I don't like this guy. Here's the thing about this new Larry. New Dredger, yes. So... There's something interesting, like this actor, he actually (laughs) acted in Cinderella Story. With Chad Michael Murray. With Chad Michael Murray as one of the leads, you know, like the Hilary Duff love interest. He is Chad's dad. In the movie. In the movie. So I knew like when I had been watching One Tree Hill and like watching Cinderella Story, I was like, this is... Oh. What? Yeah. Hold on. Is Cinderella's story the movie where fucking Hillary Duff's wearing the fucking masquerade mask at the end and Chad Michael Murray's too stupid to realize it's her and then she takes off the masquerade mask and then he realizes it's Hillary Duff? It's so, not at the end. But like, is that a part of the movie? Yeah. There's yeah. a... She's basically Cinderella. Right. She's got her stepsisters and her stepmom. <laughs> but, but the mask she's wearing, how the fuck can chad michael Murray not realize that's her hair like, it's and not everything. even a mask have you ever barely. seen the movie no i you just honestly see that. should oh oh 
that's the thing after montreal after montreal we're gonna watch a documentary dude but also that'll be a bonus episode but if you want to really do a one tree hill because we got to amalgamate everything we got to go both sides so my uh you know my extending the olive branch to you is that if we're if i'm gonna subject you to a documentary about wrestling post montreal you will have to subject me to a Cinderella story, and we will do a bonus episode of both. <laughs> Which is funny, because there's two characters, or two actors from One Tree Hill. Exactly. It's so perfect. You want to you wanna, uh, middle finger swear on that, brother? Cinderella story? You're too for... far away. Got it, bro. <laughs> Cinderella story for a documentary that I can not name yet, because it's too spoilery. Mm. Yes. So Nathan is at camp. High flyers. High flyers. And he keeps getting, he got a letter. And one of the other guys that's there is like, ooh, she smells hot. She smells hot. Well, because the letter smells like okay. the sender. And he's like, ooh. Um, so it's pretty funny, but the, you said something about a deleted message. I'm guessing you're talking about the voicemail, the voicemail that, from when he uh, got yeah, home yeah. from going to visit her. Yes. And yeah, he just deleted Haley from the voice message. Yeah. And so Haley gives him what that message was Yeah, in real life in person. Yeah. And it seemed very heartfelt. Well, yeah, it's not like she stopped loving him. No. She just needed to do this thing on her own. And I understand that. Yeah. But then she goes to Nathan's old apartment with the fucking painting <laughs> where she has her face all painted over. Yeah. But then she realizes that Nathan, A, doesn't live here anymore. She already knew that from Nathan himself. But now she also realizes that Brooke is now renting this place out. It's okay. Here's the interesting thing to me. So Haley, it's three months after the fire. Yes. Haley's been home for three months. Yeah, where the fuck has she been living? Where has she been living then? On the streets. Because now this whole, her going into the apartment is three months later. Yeah. And Brooke is back. Like, Brooke had left the night of the fire. Yeah. So timeline like that, they didn't make that. Yeah, no. Very smart. No, exactly. Um, yeah. So what the fuck has Haley been doing this entire time? Exactly, because her parents sold the home, family home, For and a bought an RV. Yeah. And are traveling all over the place. So. Yeah. She's unless she's been staying at Lucas's. Don't know. Or maybe she's been staying in the guest room at Dan and Deb's and Nathan's. Don't know. I doubt that. Highly doubt that. That would be very uncomfortable with Dan. Yeah. Kind of weird. Little yeah, couple of unanswered there's, questions there. There's definitely some plot holes in this show. Yeah. There's a few. Yeah. Definitely a few. Mouth is no longer with Erica. Yeah, apparently she got too popular for him. <laughs> I mean, she's pretty hot, so I must say, she's not bad. Yeah, not bad. 
And like now that she's not the school president, student party president, yeah. she's got time to do the popular things. Sure. So yeah. she's kind of soaked up all that lost time that yes. she had when she was trying to be responsible. Yeah. Now, you know, it's just not mouse vibe. Mm-hmm. He's pretty responsible. Fairly. For the most part. Peyton's at home and she's been making a new drawing. Yes. You know how she had the people always leave? Yes. Now it's people always lie. Wow. At the red light, it's dad, question mark. Yeah. Yellow light, mom, question mark. Peyton, question mark. Yeah. She's like contemplating her whole existence about everything. Well, I mean, she just found out she's adopted. Yeah. And like everything, everything's been in her life. Everything that she's ever known is not true, is not true. And she's really questioning that. And Larry is trying to talk to her about it and just say, like, it's not fair that you're calling your mom a liar. She never lied to you. We just we wanted to tell you. At the right time, but then she got in the accident and died. Like, it was unfortunate, and I didn't want to confuse you. You were already upset, and I didn't want to confuse your grief. Which is fair. I I still think he should have been the one to tell her. Apparently, her mom died when she was, like, seven. Yeah. Now they're, like, 16 going yeah. on 17. Yeah, what the fuck? You're going to wait 10 it's years for this shit? Been a while, bro. 10 fucking years, dude. What the fuck? So Peyton's understandably upset. Yeah, I would be understandably upset if I had a new dad, too. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, it's like, who's this guy? Oh, this is your dad now. Uh, Wish.com Dredger Drose over here. So how do you (laughs) feel about, like, the revelation now that Ellie is, in fact, Peyton's mom. Like, biological mother. Yeah. It's quite obvious she is. Just the mm-hmm. way she looks, this thing she's into, and that's where Peyton got all this, you know, her motif, uh, basically, from. I don't know. There could be a... Uh, I think Ellie is going to be more of a character. Going for, because it's her, it's her fucking biological mom. So I feel like she's going to be a little more prominent uh, than we think. Because now she's come out of the woodwork. And, uh, yeah, I think she's going to be around. I don't know what capacity, but I think she'll be around a little bit. When do you think we'll find out about Peyton's real dad? Uh, no clue. No clue. Hmm. I know. I don't. That's because I've seen the show a million times. (laughs) I know about Montreal, brother. Fuck off. (laughs) Uh, we'll find out about Montreal sooner than you'll find out about Peyton's dad, I think, though. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, Karen's back. There's no Andy. He's not coming back for a bit. Yeah, we don't know what's going on there. We have no idea what's going on with Keith or Andy. No. No. What the fuck? Does Keith come back? Please tell me yes. I can't tell you shit, bro. I'm not like you that's like, oh, this guy's not going to be around much longer. But you don't know what I mean when I say how much longer. I know, but 
I like the element of surprise. Oh, she wait, bro. But like so much. Some things that aren't as important as other things. So get to sprinkle little seeds here and there. That's I feel that's okay. But when it comes to bigger stuff, and that's the thing. There's all those other things that are are eventually going to happen that you have no idea, and they're surprises. I'm not going to tell you they're surprises because then you'll be surprised when they actually happen. There's so much shit I'm withholding that I'm not telling you. And I'm just sprinkling little seeds for not that big of stuff. Keeping the big stuff to myself. And then you're going to be surprised. And honestly, in the next episode, episode 47, you're going to be very surprised. Hmm. Yes. Big surprise. Interesting. Yep. So we kind of flash back to when the night of the fire and Nathan's in bed. Haley is sleeping in the guest room, but she goes in. She wants to talk to Nathan. Right. And she's trying to just get him to say something to her. And so she runs and like jumps on him in bed and starts trying to kiss him. And he's like, no, I'm not like not ready for this. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And so they're, he's kind of telling her like she says always and forever like whispers it and he's like what'd you say and then she's like nothing never mind and then he said always and forever he's like the thing is i will always love you i just can't trust you right that That stings fuck's sake because how can you be with anybody who you can't trust that's hard right that's hard. I feel love and trust kind of go hand in hand. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Dan is still desperately trying to find the Naily annulment papers. Naily. Yeah. I like that. Naily. Naily. That's what they're known as. Okay. He's trying to find them. And Deb comes up and he she's holding an envelope. And Dan's like, oh, you found oh, them. Oh, you found the papers. Oh, I found fucking divorce papers. All right. There are divorce papers <laughs> that still are unsigned yeah. by you, except for the letter D. Yeah. Because he had a <laughs> fucking heart attack. Yeah. So he's. <laughs> so does he like, almost die at every season finale? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because he's two for two. Right? And she's like, it's just, it's time. You healed from your heart attack you're healing from this fire thing like you're mostly healed you're just itchy because you're stressing yourself out and it's just time to move on she wants her life yeah sure she wants to move on yep and brooke who doesn't want crabs again invites Haley to move in with her yeah it's a one-bedroom apartment but still they'll make it work yeah <sighs> turns out Haley never signed those papers oh she signed them all right she signed i love you so that does not count as an actual signature does not count at all <laughs> imagine if her name was i love you though do you think that that's what she sent in the envelope to nathan at high flyers uh yeah because you don't see what's sent you don't see what's in the thing yeah but 
in the shot where it shows Nathan looking yeah. at the yeah. things like the letter from high F- that he got at High Flyers. Yeah. Then it flashes to the annulment papers that she just signed. I love you. Right. So maybe she sent that to him as a reminder. Yeah, maybe. Possible. Because he called her out about signing the papers, but she actually didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Dan goes to a fucking church and it doesn't explode. I was going to say he didn't burst into flames, like spontaneously <laughs> combust because he walked into that building. Like the the typical, the prototypical uh, kindness equals weakness. The definition of a person of kindness equaling weakness is Dan Scott. And uh, I love when he gets in that booth for the confessional and he's like, hey, yeah, I know they crucified your boy. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, man, what a heel Dan is. But I love him for comments like that. I know. I know you're a little, you know, you're a little iffy because they crucified your boy. (laughs) (laughs) Your boy. Oh, God. God. Jesus. <laughs> oh, but he's out Lord. for revenge, man. That's literally what it comes down to. Because he wants to confess for something he hasn't done yet. Yeah. Right? For the sim- sins he will commit. I can't English now. Commit. He will commit once <laughs> he finds out who tried to kill him in the dealership fire. Yep, exactly. Great as our sin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but... Through all of this, I still feel that they're making it too obvious that Lucas is the perpetrator here. So, oh yeah, eh, you know, the fu- he's got the fucking card with the note to Dan, okay? He's From the drugged alcohol. Drugged which, alcohol. by the way, yes, I know Lucas has a fake ID that Brooke had made him. But do you think Lucas is the kind of guy to go and buy Alcohol with a fake ID? He has. Has he? Yeah, pretty sure he has. He at least went to uh, a liquor store naked and got beer. Underage. That was him and Nathan when they had the basketball thing. Yeah, but That was in a different town, though. That was in a different town, though. (laughs) That doesn't count because that was like that thing. <laughs> doesn't count. So I think he is. He Anyways. uses it to go to a bar to hook up with that's, fucking. Yeah. That's different. That's different. <laughs> to hook up with fucking crazy eyes and fucking uh, go there with Brooke and shit. Yeah. It's been to a bar plenty of times. How's that any different from buying alcohol? I know, but like, ID? I just don't see Lucas as the type to go into a liquor store. Bullshit. Whatever. Um, so, anyways, he has this card from the drugged alcohol and the fire. And yeah. it's partially, like, it's charred. But... Yeah. But then, you know, earlier he said, you know, I did something tonight. So they try to elude. They try to point all the viewers in the direction of Lucas did this to get back at Dan for his mother, for him, for everything. And it's just too obvious because when they do shit like this in professional wrestling, 
they always say, oh my god, what happened here? This guy, he's the main perpetrator, possibly. All the signs point to him. And whenever all the signs point to one thing, we Russell Swarovski, and it always goes somewhere else. So honestly, out of everything, I feel that Lucas is the least likely to have started the fire. And I think because we know he was there but didn't do it, he is the one who saved Dan and pulled him out of the burning building that the Undertaker set off when he was 10 years old. (laughs) Uh, So it was the Undertaker who set the fire and murdered his parents, or at least tried. Wow. (laughs) But you kind of get what I'm feeling here, is that I, I feel they're just making it too obvious for Lucas to be the guy to set the fire, but obviously he was there because he has the card. So who do you think would have set the fire? That's the thing, is I really don't know. I feel it's, to me now, it's very obvious that Lucas saved Dan, but I don't know who started the fire. Nothing points in anybody's certain direction. There's so many possible um, perpetrators here that, you know. There's, there's a so, major clue that you're missing. There's so many suspects. Dude. There's a major clue that you're missing. Am I? Yes. Ah. We saw it in the season finale. Keith? I don't know, man. I'm missing it. And I'm not telling you because when you finally figure it out, yeah, be like, when oh, you fuck, finally know, see that shit? you're going to be like, oh, right. right. When do we find out about who the fucking ultimate fucking. It'll suspect? be a while. What? Uh, like this season a while or like seasons down the road a while. <sighs> Probably like season four. What? I have to wait that fucking long. That's like a year. <laughs> Gotta wait a year? Oh, could be Andy. Could be Karen. Could be Whitey. Could be Keith. Could be Nathan. Could be Deb. Who fucking knows, man? I don't. You do. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 3.62. Dollar sign 3.62. It was okay. Like, it was It was good. I'll mm-hmm. say it was good. But I, I like the season finale better. interesting yeah but yeah i don't know man we have to wait that fucking long that's bullshit that's so fucking far away dude here i'll fact check myself and find out exactly like which season it'll be in my goodness i'm pretty sure it's like season four like close to season four damn dude so actually earlier than i thought okay season three is in season three. Yes. Oh, okay, so I don't have to wait as long. Yeah. Maybe like six months. Close <laughs> <laughs> to a year. That's a really long time, dude. But as long as we find out, I'm okay with that. I can wait as long as we get to find out. Because they can't leave that cliffhanger bullshit hanging loose strings. You can't do that shit to me, man. I got to know who set this fucking fire. I know who saved him, but I don't know who set it. We find out, but do you think Dan finds out? Who set it? Yeah. Probably, yeah. On the same episode? Oh, maybe he might find it out later, but um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm. So, ho- hold on. Oh, you said season three? Yeah. Oh, so that's later this season. Yeah. Like I said. I said later this season. You're like, no. <laughs> no, I thought it was like later than a certain point in this season. Oh, okay. Um. And I thought that maybe inched into season four a little bit. Um, 
but no like i think that's closer to when other people find out we find out earlier than that i don't know that keith thing with the whole ghost keith uh, i don't know man hmm. ghost keith ghost keith that could be a big clue but I don't know. There's enough clues for there's everyone. There's a bunch of clues. There's so many, man. But there's one glaring clue. Ah, fuck. <laughs> that you have clearly missed. And <sighs> I am enjoying it. God damn it. Ugh, I don't like this now. Uh, but yeah, dollar sign 3.62. Good episode. Uh, looking forward to this season. Tell you that because uh, I feel like after season three, season two, you're going to look back and be like, wow, what a slog fucking season two was mm-hmm. compared to this shit. So, yeah, appreciate season it. Season three is legit my all time favorite season. Damn. Damn, dude. Season four is like really, really, really good too. And season five, like those are like three, four, five are the best. These are the top tiers. Yeah. But season three is officially the best. The best. Just a lot. Damn. A lot. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Twists and turns and ups and downs and roller coasters galore here on Mm -hmm. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast, where you can listen to us on all streaming services, including Spotify, Apple. Apple Podcast? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Google Podcast. No, there was a bug that was flying around and I was like distracted <laughs> by the bug. Squirrel. Uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Goddamn dude, squirrel. See? And uh Tree Hill WF podcasts uh <laughs> on the TikToks and the Instagrams. And yeah, yeah, dude. I don't know, man. It's crazy shit about to go down. Possibly in the next few episodes. Possibly in the next episode. Because we'll find out. On Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. So are we watching One Tree Hill tomorrow when you get back from having beers? Uh, We can, yeah. Yeah, definitely. As long as we get to watch Monday Night Raw on Friday. Um, I'm having Girls Night Friday. As long as you get to watch Monday Night Raw on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, sometime this weekend. Okay. I'm hanging out with my sister and my sister-in-law on Friday. Your sisters? My sisters. Sisters. From different meester. We might be hanging out here. We might be hanging out at the, uh, sister-in-law's place. We don't know yet. We're still figuring that out. Well, you should probably figure it out because it's two days away. I know. So, you know, get that planning gene into you. I am... Like, I legit went to school for hospitality and <laughs> yeah, event planning. Yeah, how the planning. fuck do you suck so much and at I... event planning when you literally took a degree for it? Here's the thing. <laughs> I did not... So, our professor in that course, she geared the bulk of the course based on what people were there more for event planning or hospitality. So, some years, if people were there, more there for hospitality... 100%. It would tailor it more into hospitality. Exactly. Right. But I think when I took, like that year that I took the course, I was the only one that, that was w- there for hospitality. Oh, okay. So most of the course was geared towards event planning. I am not an event planner. When we get married. You're not a planner. <laughs> I'm not a <laughs> Let planner. Let alone events. <laughs> 
Um, I like for planning our own wedding, like that is so fucking overwhelming to me. And it's not like we're doing like your typical white wedding either. No, we're like fucking eloping at a park and then we're going and having a party at my parents house yeah exactly. like having a barbecue yeah totally. <laughs> like yeah. which i'm totally down with basic ass shit because yeah. you've done the whole white wedding thing yeah it's it's overrated dude it's so overrated. you put so much money so much time so much bullshit into one day and it's over in a fucking second and it's to me it's such a waste honestly I just want something relaxed and Chill. fun Chill and, and fun. like Best way to the go. kids can be with us. Yeah. We're going to have all the kids with us. Dude, chill and fun, man. That's the way to go. We're going to have our kids at our wedding. Yeah, dude. So many people don't get to do that because they'd have the kids after the wedding. Yep. We are doing it backwards. But we're doing it backwards for the best reasons because we get to have them in our wedding photos. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. Yep. Yep. Hurry up and get divorced already. <laughs> I'm on it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> trying. Uh-huh. You've been trying for how long? Years. Years. And still trying. Hey, we almost got there one time. Very close. But, you know, then the world exploded. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, COVID. Uh, yeah. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. I've been married once. Did not work out. Now I will be getting married again. And it will work out. As long as I don't withhold popcorn from my wife. I'm Sean Harris. Because he'd end up being murdered. And I am Aaron Kosker. <laughs> we are Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast. And I bid you adieu. And I say bye, bitch.